Well, hello everyone. It is a beautiful evening for for the for us at the Adcox house. Um, welcome to Ted Two Twelve. We've got a special guest on today. Uh, at this point, it's probably a, 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 a second, third co-host, or however you would put that. Um, we're going to be talking about our t the the usual favorite movie news, favorite things that we watched. It is a bones and all review today. So, um, Luca Guadagnino's latest movie is follow up to Suspiria and Call Me by Your Name, and then we're going to talk about grossest movie moments. So, um, if that's giving you a little bit of a hint, who's on the podcast today? <laughs> it is my wife. It is Becky. Becky's on the podcast today. Say hello to everyone. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I am known as if it's something super gross, then I'm going to be there. Yep. Yeah. I've already accepted the fact that Tanner's not going to see anything gross or weird with me ever, which is great because you want to see all of those things. So it's perfect. We we go see all of the our first date to give a hint of one of the grossest things I've ever seen in a movie was seeing was watching Cannibal Holocaust together. <laughs> Was it really? It was. No. One of our first ones. There's no way that was our first date. It wasn't our first date. Oh, I thought you said it was our first date. Oh, no. It was a very early one, though. It was a very early one. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So, I have the flu right now. I went to the doctor today, and I was diagnosed with having the flu. Um, not great. So, I've got a doctor's note for work, and I got a sub for tomorrow, which I'm very excited to see about. When you're sick... As a professor, do you just cancel class? What do you do? Um, no, you're not. So you're not technically supposed to cancel any classes, really, because students are paying for their time, and there's a set amount of time um, oh. that you're supposed to um, give them. But one of the things that I know other professors do, and um, I don't think I've had to do it yet, but one of the things that other professors do is they'll give project days. So ah. basically, you'll just say, um, we're not meeting together in a, in a classroom setting, but meet together with your group. And usually you have project days already planned at other times. And so it, it doesn't do anything uh, it doesn't make any issues to just move it to a project day. Huh. Okay. Uh, for many of those who are tuning in and, and have not and don't know, Becky is a college professor. So we're both teachers. Um, she teaches global supply chain specifically. I always forget what this is called. <laughs> Sustainability. Sustainability. I know it starts with an S. <laughs> and I don't know why. I always think it's scarcity for some reason. Scar scarcity? Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, that'd be, an, that'd be an interesting topic. And it's kind of supply chain related. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's probably why I think that. <laughs> um, and I know it's sustainability. I just, I always forget that word for it. So, uh, yeah, we were in Denver this last week. Denver got me, gave me the flu, just like Arkansas gave us COVID. So I'm never traveling ever again. I wore masks because I wanted to make sure that, like, I didn't get sick to get my students sick. And so I didn't have to, like calling a sub and blah, 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 blah. Didn't even matter. Honestly, it's really funny to me that this happened because every single time I travel, I get sick. And when I get sick, I'm like laid out sick. It's horrible. This time around, Kiko was so careful wearing a mask, like on the airplane, in the airport, everywhere. 
I did not ever wear a mask because I just didn't want to be uncomfy and I didn't want to chance acne. And Kiko got completely laid out and I'm fine. This has never happened in the history of ever. That's true, actually. Yeah. You might be two days behind me. Or you might not get it at all. Don't you dare. No, just kidding. You're not going to get it at all. (laughs) Which, honestly, you would have had it already because this started, like, my symptoms started, like, three days ago. So I'm sure you would have gotten it already. Hopefully. Um, so yeah, I went to the doctor today, but Denver was cool. We went to, we got to visit an old friend, one of my old friends, Mike, Cherky R, shouts out Mike, love sweet Mike. Um, he lives in Denver right now, so we got ramen, which I discovered is one of my new favorite, if not my favorite food. Um, we went to a Genoia ramen in Denver, which was good, and then me and Becky went to Ginya ramen two days later, which is maybe my favorite ramen place. And, we literally yeah. live at Ginya Ramen at this point. Yes, I love Ginya Ramen, the tonkatsu, the tonkatsu spicy. Ooh. I wear, you know, like, okay, so for all of y'all that are imagining this, when when p- fancy people wear, like, the, the napkin in their shirt to make sure that they don't spill anything or get any food on their shirts. Yeah, I, I literally put the napkin in my shirt because I slurp up so much of that sweet, sweet broth that it stains my shirt every time. It's true. Yeah. It stained my shirt the first time, so I learned, okay, I'm just going to wear a napkin up there. And I've never had a problem with it since. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Very, you know, it might look a little bit silly, but it's going to shave your, save your shirt. Worth it. Yeah, from the, like, the, you know, a little bit of oil in there. A little bit of the grease stains. Absolutely. If you, if you are prone to slurping all over the shirt, oh. follow suit. Um, and do the, do the napkin trick. Let's get more people doing that. Yeah. And it, it's great. Yeah. I've never had anyone, actually, honestly, no one's ever made a comment. And even if they did, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not spilling that sweet, sweet juice on my shirt. No. I love the broth. I'm a big, I'm a big, I think I'm a big soup guy. Yeah. I'm a big, uh, Japanese food is like shot up for me on lists of cuisines that I like. Yeah. We had sushi the other day too, and I kind of been craving sushi as well. When you asked if there's anything you could give me today, I was almost going to say, will you just give me some sushi, sushi, please? Who is this person? I don't know. Kiko's evolving. Know. He's adapting. My palate is being transformed as we speak. Isn't that a thing where it's like every five years you're like, <laughs> did you ever hear this? Where it's yeah. like, yeah, like your your taste buds like fall off and you get new taste buds or something like that. Yeah. Uh, did the Mythbusters test it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know who tested it. <laughs> Did anybody test it? I don't know. I would love to be the person who just like spouts nonsense and then it gets passed around and ultimately becomes something that everyone believes. Yeah. Not saying like that that's old wives this tale. case, but that would be super fun. Why is it called an old wives tale? Because ladies would sit around and tell children's stories. Men absolutely would not do that. Really? No, men did not do that. I don't know. I mean, but is that actually what it is? Probably. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, What was your favorite part about Denver? Honestly, my favorite part was seeing Kiko and Mike interact and catch up after a little bit of time. It was so, it was so sweet to see because they just have so much history. So much time in their lives were spent together and like formative memories and stuff. And so True. it was just so cute to see them just like reminiscing on all of these fun times that they have. Big time core memories. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, I, we didn't even mention the reason why we went out was to see the, um, Andrew Callahan channel five show. Cause me and Aaron 
my buddy Aaron went to go see him in May in Vegas, and that was a much better show, honestly. I loved this show, though. <laughs> this one, I wish it would have just been more clips. I wish he didn't do the talent show. I loved the talent show. It was so on brand for him. I know it was, but it was like, I wanted to see more clips. I wanted to see more, like, I wanted to see more of, like, he showed the first little intro to the movie that he's making with Tim and Aaron. That was cool. That was really cool, and that was good, but it's like, I wanted to see more of that. Yeah. It was so much more that I wanted to see. So much more. Yeah. So, I don't know. that, But it was good. It was a very fun show. Yeah. It was a very fun show. Mm-hmm. No, I think my, you know, on a, it, to, to bring back to what you were talking about, it was very fun to reconnect with Mike. Very good time. And then we saw the Fablemans with him. I was like, yeah. hey, do you want to go get ramen? And then 20 minutes later, I was like, do you also want to go see the Fablemans? I which know you already which, had the tickets for. Which it started at like 1045 <laughs> too. So we got out of that theater at like, at like, what it must have been almost one in the morning by I the time we got out. I was a walking corpse. As a side note, almost all movie theater popcorn is bad, except for Alamo Draft House. Alamo Draft House. We went to Alamo Draft House to see the Fablemans. Best popcorn. Best movie theater popcorn. So good. Yep. I actually like it. Yep, it's very good. It's very buttery. It's like you yeah. can tell that like they cook it. Like I don't know how they cook it, but it feels very fresh whenever you get it. It does feel very and fresh. And it's bottomless. So I mean, pff. it is. Yeah. Oh, I thought you had just bought another bowl. No, no, it's bottomless. Very cool. Yeah, Animal Draft House. They need one out here. I don't they know do. when they're going to get one here. Um, okay, so our movie news is that Love Island Australia is on Hulu now. We have been checking almost every day mm-hmm. for when Love Island Australia was going to come on Hulu because we've done VPN stuff before, Ugh. and it's just, it's it's too much work. It's just not worth it. So we just well, wait. especially with Australia. Australia is kind of in that sweet spot between UK and USA, and UK like we will get the VPN and we will watch the whole That's thing. That's true. USA, we're kind of we kind of go back and forth on being caught up, and then eventually the season starts to suck and we stop watching. Yeah. But Australia is one where we would we don't want to do the VPN, but we are still engaged in watching every single day. Well, because we've done the VPN before, and it's just, it's too much. It is. Yeah, it's too much of a pain. Yeah. Yeah. But Australia is so fun, and this round is a blast. Love the people they have on there. Love the little, like, twists that they've already done. Nar. Nar. So fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just a good, it's a good time to be alive. Yeah. Um, as many of y'all know, me and Becky love Love Island. It is probably our favorite show to watch. It's yes. probably my favorite TV it's show to watch. I, yeah, it's our favorite show to watch together. And it's so much better than all those dating shows, like The Bachelor and everything. Love Island is where you want to be. Yeah. That is the trashy reality dating show you want to watch. The thing about Love Island is Love Island UK, the people are a little plastic looking, very beautiful. Love Island USA, for some reason... The cast is never, like, stunning. It's no, always it's feels very okay. Yeah, kind of trashy. It's just mid. And Australia is a perfect blend in between the two of them. Except sometimes it's even better than the UK because it's just, like, authentic, mm-hmm. gorgeous. True. And the accents are amazing. Very and I think fun. that's what makes these, like, UK and Australia so much better yeah. is the accents. Like, watching Love Island USA is basically just, like, watching a... Uh, are you the one? No, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, but it feels like it's maybe a step or two above. It does, yeah. 
Are You the One is an extremely trashy dating show on Fantastic. MTV. It's incredible how terrible that show is. Yeah, it's fun. But, um, yeah, so that's our movie news. I don't really know what other movie news is going on. It feels kind of slow. Um, either that or I've forgotten big pieces of movie news. And we'll talk about <laughs> it when Danner comes on next week. Um, favorite thing that we watched? Do we want to just, uh, we watched Ticket to Paradise. That was so fun. Yeah, with the Julia Roberts and George Clooney movie. So fun. Yeah, it, I was like pleasantly surprised by how, I wouldn't say it's that fresh, but it was fun. No, Funny. it was, it was, you said it, you said it really well in your Letterboxd review. It was very formulaic for sure. Like any other rom-com, you know, there's the whole, like in the beginning, this happens, then whatever. And maybe they kind of start getting into each other and then they're not. And then, you know, like the, it's, it's yeah, definitely what, it a was... formula, but like, I loved the little tiny, like innovative pieces that they brought in, like in the beginning, how they were like going back and forth about like. How they knew each other. Oh, it did have some very snappy editing. Um, yeah. And yeah. then there there were just some moments where I was just like, this is fresh. This is cute. And I think, honestly, what was wild were periodically throughout the movie, there were moments like they were there were just like frames or like little conversations where I was like, okay, that was that was deep. That was good. That was something that like. I really liked and would want to find on Tumblr later. Oh, nice. You've been pouring through Tumblr. Absolutely. With like movie, like just like movie steel stills and everything. It's been very cute. I re- well, because I discovered that there are accounts that do that. I mean, like my Tumblr. What is Jerry doing? I don't. Um, Jerry loves to slurp and lick himself. Um, But Tumblr for me has just been all about like different aesthetically pleasing photos and like outfit inspo, just mood board. And then all of a sudden I discover that there are all of these Tumblr accounts that just like have screenshots um, or like frames with subtitles from different movies. And it has just opened up a whole new world to me. Yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah. It's been fun too to like, now you're throwing things under your watch list that you want to watch. Cause it seems like generally you're like, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, well, I've heard about this movie, so now it'll be fun to like go to your list. Yeah, I've never stuff. been the person to recommend movies. Which I think you've always been uh, the best, the best, not the best, but you have a very underlooked appreciation for movies, so I'm very excited to watch them with you. But, I wouldn't say underlooked. I would just say, like, you, you called it best when you first met me, just pretentious. Yeah, but I mean, it's not really, I don't know. Pretentious is funny. Like, pretentious, I feel like, in film, like, like pretentious for me is telling someone that Inception shouldn't be their favorite movie. But if you go around, you love French New Wave, you like watching, like, these European, like, like phases of film, that doesn't feel pretentious to me. Well, but I, when I told you that The Lobster is one of my favorite movies. Oh, that is, that's a very funny joke that me and my friend have. Yeah. But I... I love the lobster, and I was yeah, obsessed I with it pre- when I saw it. I think it. that's pretentious. I'm I'm very thankful to see this growth. Yeah, I, the only thing that I would call pretentious is if, if is if you're like gatekeeping. No, 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 no. Yeah, I gatekeep other things. That's true. I do too. <laughs> I don't gatekeep movies though. No, I don't either. Um, so yeah, Ticket to Paradise. I give it like a B suite. Yeah, I think I gave it like a B plus. I think you did. Yeah, more or less. But I would definitely say like. You slept through a lot of it. Jerry! He is bored and destructive. 
Yeah, we could open the door for him. Um, I I mean, honestly, it's worth everyone's time. Oh, it's, it's a good so time. worth everyone's time. Yeah, go watch it. And plus, George Clooney, and George Clooney and Julia Roberts are great in this. Caitlin Devers is great. Yeah. Everyone in the movie does a very good job. Billy Lord. She is so funny in everything that she's been in. She's always the same character in everything, too. She just plays herself, I think. It's great. She just plays, like, the ditzy drunk friend. Yeah. And I love it. Except for in Star Wars when she gets, like, one line per movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But, um, no, I think this movie, one of the things that it really shows is that George Clooney can still get it. Yes, definitely. Same with Julia Roberts, oh, low-key. yeah. Yeah. I never thought that she was key. that attractive, but she's now I'm like, oh, no, she looks great. Good yeah. for her. Um, okay, so last week we also asked y'all about some, um, because it's Thanksgiving, we wanted to go over some movie pairings. Me and TC gave ours, but here are some of y'all's that y'all sent in. Um, Brooks underscore R underscore D. For their starter, they said it will be Elf. The entree is Rudy, and the dessert will be John Wick. <laughs> Why is that all know. over the board and I love it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, there's not really a theme there, but I'm sure there's a theme there, and we really like that. Um, Morgan.Hunsaker says Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, Rise of Skywalker, the most confusing trilogy. That's actually, if you were to watch each one of those movies on their own, those being the only trilogy, that would be a nightmare to have to sit through. Um, why don't you go through those two? Um... Emma Hall, 16, said, not sure if this is the correct response, but score, cinematography, plot twist. So, oh, wait, I thought that the next one was also Emma's. No, it's just that one. So, score, cinematography, plot twist. Love that, Emma. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Next little pairing, we've got Where's Kayleen? We've got Cuisine. Feminism, start, little women, entree, promising young woman, and dessert, thoroughbreds. Those are great movies. That's great. All three, like, A, A plus movies. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Very, very, I was going to say fun, actually. I would say fun. I think every single one of those movies is a good time to watch. Yeah. And I would even, I throw, I would even throw in Booksmart as maybe, oh, like, a little Maybe little that could snack. be dessert. Maybe a little snack oh, somewhere. that could be a little snack. Yeah. I like that. Um, Con Hardy said the Royal Tenenbaums, the conversation, the birdcage, and we're eating at Gene Hackman's place. So I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the theme for it. Why don't you go that one and I'll go the last one. Okay. No, you go that one. So we've got Spencer. I can never, what, Spencer, why is your username so just, I can never it's read Sprankter. it. Sprankter. Yeah, it's Sprankter, but like, you're making me like, in my semi-dyslexic mind, just all over. So, anywho... Um, starter, perfect blue, entree, come and see, dessert, Del Toro's Pinocchio. Come on, Spencer. <laughs> Del this Toro's just, Pinocchio. This is just the, like, <laughs> the nightmare, um, what's it called? The nightmare of identity three <laughs> movies to watch. Like, like the, see if you can, see if you can make it through all three of these movies without having to turn them off to take a walk around your neighborhood <laughs> challenge. I remember when me and, me and some friends in, I think, 2017 watched Perfect Blue because I told them, I was like, it's supposed to be this wild movie. We should all watch it. I remember two, so it was like four of us. After the movie ended, two of my buddies went and, like, took a lap around our apartment <laughs> complex. They were just amazing. like, I don't know what we just watched, which is kind of kind of true. Um, and then Eric Anthony Nolan 
said forgetting Sarah Marshall, get him to the Greek and super bad. Oh, That's a great one. Love it. We were just we just saw that uh the the McLovin scene on Twitter, you know, it resurfaces once every month. That scene is so funny. <laughs> it's so good. It really is so, 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 so funny. So um those were some great pairings. Thank you so much, everyone, for sending us your pairings. Uh now we are in our bones and all. Uh what's it called? Our bones and all review. Which is fun because um, not many of y'all have seen it. So this is a perfect way for us to come out and say if people should see it or not. Um, yeah. it's, it's directed. Hold on. Let me pull up this info because I do know that Luca Guadagnino directed it. I don't think he wrote it. He did not. I read, um, I read through some of the commentary on the guy who wrote it. Why can't I see... Okay, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Writers are David Kajganich. Yeah. Yep, David Kajganich. Which, if I'm looking, I'm trying to see what else he's written. Um, previous seven things. Oh, he wrote the screenplay for Suspiria, which is Very a great cool. movie. We loved that one. Yeah. And uh, basically tells the story of a young girl... Who, what is her name again? Is it Maya? Is it, oh gosh, Marin, that's her name. Marin. Young girl named Marin who, um, after years of lying dormant, finds out that she has this odd craving, which has made her family move from place to place over her, uh, over her life. And on her 18th birthday, her father leaves her to fend for herself, where she must... Um, traverse the world with this newly found or understood craving while meeting others in her path that have the same craving as well. The craving is for human flesh. They're cannibals. Um, and I'll start off with, I think this movie is very interesting because I remember, and I put this in my letterbox review, is I remember generally, like growing up, I family lived in the Bay Area or we would just go to Disneyland. Yeah. So we kind of had those two vacation areas in California, which like honestly, like fairly glitzy and glamorous. Like say what you uh, listen, listen, <laughs> California, Disneyland and California Adventure. They are like they have that Ritz to them. Everything is dressed up. If you're just in there, you don't have to look at the rest of how the rest of that town is. I do not know why you're laughing. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. I why are you laughing? Stop laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> just because just. Disneyland is glitz. Disneyland oh, is, is ritzy. And it's more so, listen, from, from the places I've either been to Disneyland or the Bay Area. So glitz and glamour is like, that's all that I knew from it. So yes, I would say yes. I guess it's more glamorous than American Fork, Utah. So yeah, yeah we'll I haven't been that. to many places. We'll go with that. It's but, just cute. And I mean, it's around like the, but anyways, like it was definitely more like more upscale and fun then, then obviously where I lived, but then we were driving, we were driving from the Bay Area to my uncle's house who lived in, just outside of Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Central California. I remember driving through and being like, what the heck? Why is the rest of the state, like, the rest of the state is, like, boring and gross. Why is, like, what's with all of this? And it's been like this for hours now. I remember my dad turning to me and he said, you know, like, this is what, like, the United States is. He's like, the United States is not the, the, like the big theme parks of doubt of, of Disneyland or Disney world 
or the big cities like LA and San Francisco, like the United States is just like crappy Midwestern towns sprinkled throughout. Yeah. And that this movie captures that like grimy Midwestern rundown Rust Belt America very, very well. It does. It does. I realized throughout, like at the end, as I was, as, as Kiko turned to me and asked what I thought, my first reaction was that movie disgusted me, but not for the right reasons. Like it, this is a very, very privileged answer for me to, to say this, but every scene like was gross and grimy, like in terms of where they were and what the characters were wearing and just like everything about it was just like old and yucky and grimy. And that was the thing that I was most uncomfortable with the whole time. And what I did also like was like, you know, when they're in these towns, they feel gross and they feel run down, which, you know, pretty, pretty run of the mill. If you're just in average blue collar United States of America, but then the landscape shots have like these purple and blue and pink hues mm-hmm. to them to kind of show the beauty that leaks through. I know that Luca Guaranino has often infused like themes of queerness into his movies. And I felt that like, you know, they use like a, 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 a queer slur at one point in the movie about um, Timothy Chalamet's character about the outfit that he's wearing. Oh, I was, but I then like that. to have these hues of like pink and purple shine through like the beauty of this movie, mm-hmm. I feel like was his, was like a very deliberate choice in like showing mm-hmm. um, maybe the fluidity of these characters, but also like the beauty that is shining through in the United States in the certain, in the certain corners where maybe that ugliness is there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, after, after watching this movie, um, I was like, I heard that this was based on a young adult novel, um, but I, I really didn't know much more than that. So after watching, I went in and like really kind of dug into the novel, what it was about, like the plot points and stuff. And then seeing David, however you pronounce his last name, um, the guy who wrote Mm -hmm. the screenplay for this. Um, seeing him reference and explain all of the choices that he made, um, like to either keep things in from the book or to remove things, basically creating like this own separate movie that's inspired from the book, but not really side by side. It was a really cool moment for me to be able to appreciate what these adaptations are like. Because I've typically been the person who's read the book. I'm very invested. I have all of the characters in my mind. I know, I, you know, I've watched the movie in my mind a million times from reading the book. Um, and then to see it on the screen and think, this is absurd. You know, this is nothing like it. Which happens to almost every single movie that's made based on a book. Um, for me to be able to do that from a book that I knew nothing about and see all of these deliberate choices and why they were made, why they went away from the book or why they didn't. It was really a cool kind of experience for me to come to understand things more. Yeah, adaptations are very interesting because you cannot keep everything. And honestly, you shouldn't. More than anything is like movies and books are so different structurally. Yeah. I mean, like there's just 
there's just not as much description that you can include in a movie because you put that on the screen. But it's so interesting to see what people keep and what they take out in different films. Um, I didn't read anything about what the book is, but um, for this, it, it's great to see Taylor Russell and to see Timothy Chalamet interact with each other on screen um, as our two leads. And then Mark Rylance as kind of this sinister presence, almost like, you know, he's very much like this rundown Rust Belt part of the United States that we go through. He's just kind of ever present yeah. throughout the film. He's always kind of keeping up with them, even in these good moments that they're having. It's like the 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 feeling of being bogged down by, you know, poverty or by whatever feelings are constantly stalking many people in the United States. It feels like that's what he is personified as well. It's just like constantly following these two kids around, even when they've kind of picked their lives up and they're putting it back together. Like here he is still to like bring them back down to where they don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the title bones and all actually is, uh, some of the cannibals talks about, Oh yeah, you got to eat them eat the people bones and all, which means you eat the entire person. They're like, once you do that, you can never go back. And it's kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting thing to look at for the whole movie. It is. It's something that I did not pick up on. Um, I, I mean, I've obviously picked up on him saying that, but I didn't pick up on when, you know, when things happen in film, like they're going to be brought up. What is it? Three times it's mentioned, it's mentioned again, and it's mentioned. Yeah, it's like time, introduced, usually. reminded, and there's a payoff. Yeah. So I didn't, I, I honestly didn't pick up on the payoff <laughs> when it happened. Oh. I, I was oblivious to it. And I think the reason I was oblivious to it is just because I was so like annoyed that the movie had so much promise and like it everyone kept saying about how gross the movie was. And I True. left and I was like, that was one of the tamest, like sweet love stories, dramatic moment. But abs I would absolutely not describe it as like gross or the grossest movie I've ever seen. Like it was so timid and held back. And like in moments where it could have had so much more and been so much more dramatic, like, like what he did in Suspiria, mm -hmm. it's just not there. It's just bland. And so I think at the end of the movie, I was just like, that was so bland. And I wasn't able to see like what the full payoff was because I was too focused on that. It, uh, yeah, I, I felt like the start of the movie, especially cinematography wise, I was not into it at all. I felt like the lighting was really like drab Yeah, and it felt very one note. But then as the movie kept going on, I felt like it was finally able to come into its own and you got to see the full color palettes everything going on but it did take a little bit for me to get in there and then also like i really the only character like taylor russell's good in it but timothy chalamet carried the whole movie for he me. Did. i wasn't he super i wasn't super into what her character was going through especially she like there's a point in the movie where you know it's kind of like they split the you know they they go their separate ways and then probably like two minutes later she's back trying to find where he is and yeah. that felt like a really quick turnaround well what's hard is like Taylor, as a human being, is absolutely stunning, gorgeous, beautiful. Like, as you're watching, you can't help but think she is absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. The problem for me was in, like, the character development. She was so, she to me, she felt so one note and almost like, like a psychopath. Like, she didn't care about anything. There was no emotion that was really present there. Whereas with Tim Timothy Chalamet's character, 
there was so much more emotion that was evoked and that was felt. And I feel like that was the hardest part was in a movie that really is just almost pure drama and emotion and romance. I would have really liked for there to have been more emotion coming from Taylor's character and her background. Yeah. I give this a B plus sour. I'd give it a B. Okay. Yeah. Um, for many of y'all sweets, actually, it seemed like overwhelmingly it was much more sweet than sour, which I found to be very interesting. Um, McKay.Tupo said A minus slash B plus. I liked it the more I thought about it after. And then underscore Austin underscore Smith underscore says A, unique story that feels unsettling and engaging throughout. Great acting. And then Sprankter said, too scared to watch. <laughs> Which, like, really, it's not, I don't know. I didn't find it to be that, like we said, it, it wasn't, it's it's not, it, there's obviously some gross parts, but, like, if you've seen gross stuff, it's not going to feel, it's going to feel pretty tame. It it felt very tame, even, even putting myself in someone's shoes who maybe hasn't seen gross stuff. I mean, you know you're going in to see a cannibal movie. So you know that there's going to be some scenes where it's like, okay, that, yeah, that's a cannibal right there. But, like, I just did not, it, it says that part of the, like, one of the genres, like, I think it's romance, drama, and horror, I think is what it's listed as the genres. And I just had a really hard time seeing how it was horror in any way, shape, or I just I saw the romance and the drama it was it was there really really nicely but the horror like I would have appreciated if they had not marketed it as horror and if I thought I was just going into it but did you think it was did you think it was a horror no that that's what I thought going in yeah oh because it's it's marketed as a romance drama horror wait but I think is it was it because I told you it was supposed to be really gross I think I might have hyped it up to be something that it was. No, you told me it was going to be really gross, but I saw that, it, like, as the genre, oh, okay. it said, like, romance, drama, horror. Oh. So I was expecting at least some horror elements. Okay. And I did, I, there just wasn't a payoff there for me. Oh, okay. We watch a lot of gross stuff, so you, all of y'all that have seen it, you're like, no, it was really gross. Y'all are freaks. That's probably what it is. <laughs> I own that. I own um, that. Okay, so uh, we asked y'all what some, like, your, like, the grossest movie moments were for you. Uh, before we get into our list, we'll read what some of y'all said. Uh, Kenna underscore Lee said, basically all of the Northmen, but especially the hacking up, but especially um, hacking at the horse. I remember that moment. Remember that moment? No. Anyways, Jaden underscore Peterson 05 says, in us when the two girls upstairs get their throats slit or something and fall off. Gross. Okay. Why don't you get the next two? That one and that one. Um, Kyle C54 said, Denethor eating tomatoes in loader. I feel that. That's, People always say that one. It's my, my like misophonia goes off and my irritability rates are just, it's too bad. Um, we also have from Emma Hall 16, Midsommar. Just Midsommar. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Honestly, yeah. Talk about a movie that was, like, poorly marketed is Midsommar. That one's much more of a drama, I feel like. That one's 100%. Well, no. There are some horror horror elements, but... But it felt more of a... It feels more drama, for sure. Uh, Malia.Adcox says, paper cuts and everything ever all at once. Gross. Yes, I remember. It's a... They jump realities. They've got to do the paper cuts. Ah. 
Okay. Uh, TC, love you, TC, underscore LeBaron says, Dumb and Dumber, heart in the bag, girl in John Wick 2, cutting her wrists in the tub. Yeah, those are both rough. Okay, why don't you get the next two? Um, Juniana, is that how, how uh, I pronounce it? Um, says, Splice, Adrian Brody, alien sex. <laughs> and Sprink Derv says, the one kid being forced to eat in Matilda. Oh, that one's so bad. Oh, yeah. The chocolate Brucey? cake. Yeah, Brucey. Um, Alicia Wilden, uh, Pitch Perfect opening. Is she talking about the second one? Because isn't that the one where she, like, what is the opening of Pitch Perfect? I don't know. Oh, is that the one where, like, they're all fighting and they puke over each other and stuff? I don't know. Okay, uh, Benji Bjork says, does the band of brothers scene where they transition from gore to soup count? I'm going to tell you, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, okay, so Marcy B21 um, also says, pitch perfect, throw up snow angel scene. So that, that's got to be what Alicia is talking about. Oh, wait. Oh, that's right. In the beginning of pitch perfect, doesn't she puke all over the crowd? I don't remember. Or one of them does? I don't know really anything. I think so. Okay, then get the last one. Isaac JH21 says Terrifier when the clown cuts the girl hanging upside down. Haven't seen Terrifier. Have you seen the first one? Nope. The second one's supposed to be like two and a half hours long, and I I don't think I have the, the patience to fit, sit through that. I just don't like clowns. I just, I don't enjoy that. I, I don't enjoy clowns, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Um, okay, here are our grossest movie moments. I have okay. mine. I have a few. Do you have some? I have two. Okay, I'm going to go through the five that I that I uh, wrote up. Um, the first one is in Mother when she has her baby, and then everyone takes the baby. Uh-huh. Mother's basically just the Bible. So they take the baby, the baby and like they like break its neck or something on accident, and then they just eat the baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's very gross. Um, just the first Hellraiser movie in general, but like <laughs> as the uncle keeps like getting his skin, like those first couple moments of the uncle like kind of having his skin back, but not really. Uh, that's what I hated. Um, Tetsuo the Iron Man when he's like transforming into the Iron Man and like so getting gross. his. I just I hate that movie so much. Um, a second one is, there's a couple moments in Cannibal Holocaust, but specifically is the one where, uh, there's a lady in the ocean and the tribe members are trying to like, yeah, they're trying to do things to this lady, uh, disgusting, yeah. disgusting, gross. And then the other one is they, uh, like kill a turtle. Yeah. That was, but that one didn't ever feel like gross. Well, it felt gross because like they actually killed the turtle. Like there were no special effects. That was them killing a turtle on live filming i know but like the other one is like a simulated rape to a person like that just feels grosser to me it's gross but like it's simulated like you you mentally in the back of your head know like this is simulated whereas with the turtle it's like this is real i'm full-on watching them dissect and take to pieces a turtle that's true um my last one is just the cucumber scene from requiem for a dream I hate it. It's disgusting. Um, and it's just a very depraved ending to a depraved movie. Yeah. So those were the few that I could think of. Um, and then when it comes to gross, like uh, Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive, like yeah. the whole third act of that movie is pretty disgusting. But yeah. for me, it feels fun. Another one is Tusk, the final reveal of Tusk. I don't remember that. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it, hate it, hate it. Yeah, I don't remember 
Okay, what are yours? Um, okay, so I really only have two that I can think of. Um, and you have actually mentioned both of them already. But um, the two that I can think of, the first one is... Actually, you didn't mention this, but Hellraiser 2. Um, in the beginning oh, scenes yeah. where it's just like basically the multiple people like without their skin it's just like just their like bodies without skin basically mm-hmm. um i it may it probably didn't help that while watching it i was like making dinner <laughs> so i was just like i can't i can't do this this is not going to work for me right now um and the second one is brain dead the third act like i was I could not watch it. And I realized the reason I could not watch it is because it wasn't like realistic. Like nothing in it was like, actually, that's what blood looks like. That's what, you know, like um, gelatin. Yeah. Like everything was like gelatin or like clearly crafted out of something else. And so because of that, that's what made me really, really like sick was the fact that it was just like all of these weird like mishmash random concoctions going on to try and be something else so that was that was really gross for me huh. okay yeah cool um next take is a double header fableman's knives out glass onion two movies that uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say too much about right now but we saw them both um enjoyed them both and we'll talk about which ones we enjoyed the most um thank you baby for coming on thank you becky for coming on talking about some gross stuff talking about some fun stuff and um anything else you want to say no it's it's a pleasure as always to be on even with my sweet flu guy please send him all of the good vibes all of the everything this is my flu game Uh, Until next take, please stay sweet. Sweet.